baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Friend, I never asked you about this earlier, and I'm easily confused. We're not having Kilmead on today, right? Uh, no. He's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Didn't yesterday we think it was today? Yeah. He I'm just asking. Right. So That's fine. I'm, I'm just asking so my brain is in the right place. He wanted because... to push it till tomorrow. Okay. He wanted to wait till after the debate tonight. Oh, well, that's all right. That's good. Yep. So we'll have Brian on tomorrow. Uh, also, you know, th- for those of you who are... I'm going to bring Dave Murray into the fold. Dave will appreciate this, I think. He's with us to answer a question about an interesting phenomenon. Also, give us an updated forecast. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great. You are a golfer. You play (laughs) golf as I do. I I attempt to. And there's some weird things happening in the world of golf with the golf ball reducing the distance. And Brian Katrick, who has become a friend from PGA Tour Radio, I think he's actually on the air the same time I am, but he's going to join us tomorrow night. Uh, to talk about some of these changes. And then John Rahm might go to LIV, and that's confusing right. just because LIV is supposed to merge with the PGA. But some interesting golf topics, Dave. I need you to tune in tomorrow night right around 5.30. Is that okay? Okay. All right, okay. Cool. I can do that. Cool. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Very, very nice. Quiet. You know, it's just, just nice and quiet. Oh, that's interesting. We want to ask I you about. I thought it'd be riot. We want to ask you about the forecast around here, but Sue came up with something this morning in particular that she was intrigued by. Dave. Dave, <laughs> I saw this thing. Okay, it, the headline said gushing rain flooding to continue as atmospheric river slowly shifts in the northwest. Atmospheric river. I had never heard that term, so we decided to ask you what the heck it is. Okay. It, it is a relatively new term. There, I take all these terms that you start to hear, uh, especially on national news, that uh, it's just supposed to, to sex up the weather a little bit. You know, it, it, it's like it's like the polar vortex and the atmospheric river and the pineapple. Remember the Pineapple Express from the yes. 70s? Yes. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's basically the jet stream when you come right oh. down to it, but it is a, a it comes in off the ocean, uh, which is why they kind of call it an atmospheric river. It it is the same thing as the Pineapple Express. Sometimes they are used interchangeably, and it, it's just a, a massive amount of moisture because of an active storm track associated with the jet stream, and it, the storm track is just pushing right into the Pacific Northwest right now. A lot of times when you hear about uh, big rains and flooding in California in particular, it's the Pineapple Express more so than the, the atmospheric river. So it, 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 that's really all these terms are, are made to, to go, ooh, atmospheric river. It must oh be gosh. bad. Well, it, it totally it fished me in. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. like something you'd find at Willy Wonka's castle or something right? like that. Right? What's up with the atmospheric river? I don't know. You want to give us a little uh, forecast as we head into the, the weekend? I guess we're getting close. It's only Wednesday. I'm wishful thinking. My no, Friday okay. is tomorrow Good. because I'm going to the desert this weekend myself. But we've had relatively mild conditions here in the last few weeks. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, December was supposed to be kind of warm. I mean, we've had some cold weather, but we haven't had anything really extreme. Uh, we're war- warming up for Thursday afternoon. Friday afternoon we will be in the low 60s. Then a 
a storm from the atmospheric river <laughs> is going to come across the middle of the country. <laughs> now, there's a, a lot of questions because we, you can't really trust these things until they get over the Rockies. But right now, it looks like cloudy skies Friday night, showers developing, rain showers after midnight. We're only going down to 52. Saturday is a wet day, periods of rain. I think there will be some rumbles of thunder, flashes of lightning with dropping temperatures all day long, but well above the freezing point. Saturday night, still rain, maybe a rumble of thunder, a flash of lightning. Towards morning on Sunday, we'll drop to 32 degrees. If there's enough moisture left, we should see some wet snow mix in with the rain. That will take us into early Sunday morning. I don't anticipate this thing to be a big, big deal. Uh, Then we clear out on Sunday afternoon. But Sunday's high is only 42 degrees, Ooh. so we're, we're taking these big swings once chilly. again. That is a little chilly. Yeah, that, well, and it will be windy. Thank you of for course. the answers to Sue's questions. Thank we always you. appreciate that, Dave. Um, you're Mr. Weather Answer Man. Appreciate the <laughs> forecast as well. Thank you, Dave. Have a great week. You too. That's Bye-bye. meteorologist Dave Murray with us this afternoon. So that's not a terrible forecast, but Sunday does not sound very good at all. So be prepared for that. Let's do this this afternoon. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Call 636-674-6446. I got this uh, puzzle at the book club lunch today. Uh, it, we were celebrating Christmas, and none of us could figure it out. It's a little wooden ball here. You see that? None of us can. Uh, uh, it's, it's maybe like a Abby. Small Will you pass that wooden to Abby? soccer balls. Yeah, and I, it's a puzzle, and you're supposed to be able to take it apart. And I uh, am incapable of doing it, and so is Fred. And Mark didn't even I want to try. Try. Uh-huh. No, I, I know my limits, Sue. I'm very <laughs> self-aware. Right. By the way, you've mentioned you know either on or off the air book club. Was there a book that went you know? No, with this book club? was a book club was book free today. We all just got together. We had had two. We have been. In this book club for 17 years. This Have is a really? 17 year old, old book club. Oh my gosh! And uh, we just figured that out today. And and we um, we just had some two older members who had kind of retired come back today and have lunch with us, and Aww. it was really nice. Sue and I have a mutual friend. Fred knows Ann Stephan. She used to work at Channel Four. She worked for the Archdiocese as well mm-hmm. as a spokesperson. And I actually hired Ann way back in 1992 to oh work for me. Gosh. She she was tortured as I was her boss for a couple of years. That's how we got to know one another. But she's in your book club. Yes. So I got to see Ann, and she figured her puzzle out, but it wasn't wood, and she doesn't know how she did Here, it. So you're, you're gonna like this. You're okay. gonna like this because I I never told you this story, Fred. You'll get a kick out of this as well. So hang on here because I got to go to my my um e- email i think ann has one of those uh communist phones like you do by the way so i can't <laughs> find it on the iphone but i s- i sent her a message accidentally because i was actually sending something to um <laughs> to ann wagner and oh, i no. i i spelled well she's ann with an e yes okay, she is. and, and stefan so what did i say i said hey tell ray i want to hear duck hunting Tales soon. Been seeing some shots on the Facebook. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. And I said, stay away from the news. And then I said, oops, wrong Anne, but how are you? And her response was, why is your text to the other Anne so kind and thoughtful and your text to me so bossy? Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. That's her. <laughs> yes, that yep, is. That's why we, we, we love always her. had a very unique relationship. I'm she bad. never backed down from me. I will say that. She will, and she will not today. No, no she would not. Uh, it is National Microwave Day. Fred, you cook a dinner, you could do uh, it in the microwave. I will warm it up. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And on this day in history, this has some uh, music with it. 
59 years ago today, in 1964, this Christmas classic first aired. Is this instrumental, or do we... <laughs> oh, eventually you'll get okay. something. If I live to be a hundred, I'll never be able to forget that big snowstorm a couple of years ago. The weather closed in, and, well, you might not believe it, but the world almost missed Christmas. Fred, lives. Oh, that is yeah, correct. What is the show, though, Fred? What is the movie? Um, we know Frosty it's... Bur- the snowman. It's Rudolph. No. Rudolph? It's yeah. Rudolph. That is correct. I call it Christmas Town, better known as... The North Pole. Christmas tree. Forest. I do get those two kind of confused though. Like yeah. which which one yeah. had Mr. Snow Miser and all that? Was that Frosty? No, that's Heat Miser and Miser. Snow Miser. What is that uh, one? A Year Without Santa Claus. Uh, that's right. Because that one's right. my favorite. Of which these. one okay. is Burger Meister Meister Burger? Is that A Year Without a Christmas? I think it might be. It could be. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one too though. Yeah, um, that's good. Uh, but this one introduced us to the Bumble. The abominable snowman. <laughs> it was my favorite lawn ornament. If you happen to have one for Christmas, he's, you know, holding the star up. Oh, they're awesome. Okay. But that was 59 years ago today. Uh, I called my sister-in-law. We were talking about something, about me going down to Houston. And she said, hey, while you're here, do you want to go see the Eagles? And I said, sure, I think that's great. We talked about Vince Gill singing for it. And then she looked up the prices. $500 a ticket in Houston, and that's yeah. for the cheap stuff. So she called me back and said, how about lunch instead? Wait, that was <laughs> that was face value for the cheap yes. stuff? Yes. Right, well, their tickets are very high. I will say that. And I saw the Eagles, what, it was a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, but, wow. Right? <laughs> it was the tickets, now. Mind they're you, cheap. they're not cheap, and that made me think. And their two ninety nine here was the cheapest I could get because mm-hmm. they're coming here as well. Uh, but it's very much a dynamic Marketplace prices go up and down, uh, but SeatGeek confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that the average ticket price of a concert ticket has doubled in the past five years, increasing from one hundred twenty-five dollars in twenty nineteen to two fifty-two in twenty twenty-three. You two are the big concert goers. Yes. Well, yeah, it's happened. Yeah, and, you know, it's not only sure. the price of the tickets, but it's the fees. By the time oh. you end up paying mm-hmm. for the ticket, I think Congress is addressing that in a way that you're supposed to have more transparent pricing in the future. But I'm, I've am i got tickets for Friday night at Sphere in Las Vegas for you two. Face value. Okay. I'll take a stab. I did not pay over face. Okay, face value, $600. 500 Oh, that's outrageous. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have overshot that. Right. But, yeah, uh, so just so you yeah, know. You would have lost the prices wrong, but yeah, that's I okay. <laughs> Good guess, though. I was closer than anyone else since no one guessed. Uh, we were going to talk about this. Norman Lear did pass away yesterday. He was 101. He was just ridiculously successful as a TV producer. He pr- uh, produced shows like this, The Jeffersons. That was one of my favorites. Right? Really was. Maybe because I was just a little older. You know, we, we mentioned this with Robert Thompson in the last hour. All the family came on early 70s. I was only seven or eight years old. By the time the Jeffersons was kind of in its prime, I'm You're almost a, a teenager. Yeah. And you kind of get the stories a little bit. You know, my more. dad loved these shows so much, Norman Lear, that he would record them on audio cassette. Are you serious? He'd set up a little mic in front of it. And so in his basement for years was like the entire Norman Lear catalog. Wow. That's very unique. Now, do those audio tapes still exist? 
Uh, I, I can't find okay. them. Okay. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. That's odd, I don't think I've ever Fred. heard of someone doing that, Fred. The fact that you uh, can't find them is odd. I know. That's what's really bad. By the way, the woman who sings this song was Janae, or, or Jeanette Dubois, who played the vivacious neighbor Wilona Woods right, on, the, right. on Good Times. But she composed and sang that theme song for another TV cap for it for the Jeffersons. Uh, she passed away too. But uh, here's what we found out today: Norman Lear also was an executive producer of our beloved Princess Bride and even really? Fried Green Tomatoes. I don't know if I remembered that, but that's a great. Have you ever seen Princess Bride, Abby? Oh yeah, I love that movie. Classic. Movie. Okay, that's good because that's just. Uh, a don't, requirement. Don't ask me about the other movie, though. I haven't seen that one. Okay. The fried <laughs> green tomatoes, that's nice. Nope. Uh, all right. Here's today's good news story. Every year for almost two decades, the Christmas Spirit Foundation has been doing something called Trees for Troops, and they partner with tree farms, and FedEx will bring thousands of Christmas trees to U.S. military bases all over the world. And FedEx announced that they just delivered their 300,000th tree for the program last Friday to North Carolina. Isn't that great? Fort Liberty. Um, Most of this year's other donated trees got picked up and should be delivered by this week. But I didn't know that was even a thing. Trees for troops. I love it. Sue's News is brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. Call 636-674-6446. And finally, in Sue's News, here's today's random fact. The original plan for the movie Gremlins was to use monkeys wearing masks. But when a test monkey freaked out, the producers realized they're going to have to use puppets and redid the whole thing. <laughs> and that's it for Sue's News. That is awesome. You know, what's funny about that is I, I was tooling around because I couldn't sleep last night. And I don't know if it was on Amazon or Netflix, but Gremlins was just added recently. Oh, the that's original funny. Gremlins, which is one of my favorites. There's no doubt about that. There you go. Sue's News for Wednesday edition. Alex Rich, our friend from Y98, visits with us on Wednesday afternoons. He's coming in next. I have a good Christmas tree story. Sue and I saw something yesterday I want to share with the group, which was very very uh, troubling. Let's just put it that way. We're into Christmas trees. We'll talk about it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Wednesday afternoon, 97.1 FM Talk. Mark Reardon with a room full of folks, including Alex Rich from Y98, who visits with us on these Wednesday afternoons. Fred is here. Abby, I got a question for uh, for Abby and for you in particular, Alex, in a moment. How are you? I'm great. I uh, I just I got a little something special next week. I just came from the taste test of it, and it's it's just you're gonna you're gonna love it. But can you? That's all you can say. I don't even know what you're talking about. uh, It's gonna be a little. Little high point special next week with it's going to be the checking in chicken special. Alex so, Rich checking in, right? So, what so does that do for us well, in particular in this room next Wednesday afternoon? That's the only thing I'm really it. interested in. I'll maybe get you a taste of it, but you're going to have to get some people to go by and get the special because if I sell the most specials, they'll give me a thousand dollars to give to uh, a charity of my choice. That's awesome. Yeah, so. and that's at the high point. 
That's at the high point next uh, next Thursday. All we're right. doing it. Well, keep us posted on that. I would like to try some food and sample some food. So that would be awesome. I got a couple of things I want to toss out to the gang, but I did notice something, and maybe it's my imagination. However, I do not think it is. You know, I've brought this issue up before, and there's a big disconnect between older people and younger people on the topic of, Abby, this is where I needed you, and maybe Alex, yeah. too, closed captioning. Okay? Because... This all started with my kids, and when my kids were in the house, and even when they would come home, they still do it from college. And because they use my social, not my social media accounts, but my my Netflix, although some of that's been changed, you know, because Netflix has been clamping down. But what I'll use Netflix as an example. When they do use it, let's say I'm watching a show, they're watching a show, they're in Columbia, or my other son's in Houston. Then I go yeah. to put on Netflix, and the damn closed captioning's on, right? Well, I don't want the closed captioning, but I seem to be the only one because here's what I've noticed this week on Max. Max is now defaulting to closed captioning. Yeah. So when I watch Cur- I've been kind of rewatching Curb Your Enthusiasm late at night because I can't get to great sleep show. and I love that show. It's great, Larry David. But when one episode starts, I have to turn off the closed captioning. Then when that episode ends and another episode, you know, just no, rolls into it, it, turns every it goes back no. into closed captioning. So that tells wow. me that their research is telling them that more people than I'm in the minority now huh. that people who use closed captioning who have ears, see, I have ears and I can actually listen, are now the dominant force in this country. Abby, what the hell is happening to America? Well, I, I love closed captioning, and it's for several reasons. Sometimes I'm just snacking too hard and my chips are crunching too loud, so i got to yep. read it instead of listen to it. But I also find that it really helps my focus. Like, if I miss something, I don't have to rewind. I can just glance up for two seconds and understand what I missed. So. Yeah, but here's where I have a, I, I get some of that. I certainly mm-hmm. get the snacking. I'm yeah. appreciative of the snacking. I can have relatability <laughs> there, Abby. No problem with that. However, on, on the when I'm watching closed captioning, I'm looking at the damn words. Yeah. So I'm not looking at what's going on. Right. So then I feel it's, like I miss more. Yeah. It is for sure a skill to be able to do both at the same time. I guess I I tend to read a little quick, so mm. I can get through the closed captioning. You're telling me I'm too dumb. Here's what you well, that's no. what she just that's said. What I heard. You're not no, quick no. enough. I, yeah. I split the middle on this, honestly, because I, I, I really I kind of am the, the middle ground here between the two of you, but... I really I I like the closed captions because unless it's really I think you and me are similar. I like it really so loud that I don't have to like strain to hear what they're saying, right? And a lot of times when I'm watching a show with my girlfriend Annie or somebody else like maybe it's too loud for them. So I get it in that instance, but when I'm watching it at the volume that I want to be watching it, I think when the closed captions are are on, I lose focus. I can't I can't pay attention to actually what's going on. If you're yeah, reading in the show, yes. right? If I'm if I'm focused on reading, I just agree. you know the captions. Fred, where are you on this? I I only use captions maybe if I'm watching a BBC show where the English uh-huh. accent takes a little bit harder. Sure. But if it's a show made in the United States, I don't use it at all. Yeah. That's do you ever do one. this? Sometimes because I don't use it, but here's where I do use it. <laughs> Sometimes I have to rewind. If if I hear a line and I didn't understand the line. I'm like, wait, what did they say? So I rewind, and then I, I probably do it three times, and I still can't get it. So then I put the closed captioning on. That's actually, it's like, yeah. Yeah. oh, that's you know, what they said. Because every watching, once in a while you get hung up. I was watching yeah. something the other day, and it did the default feature type thing, but it defaulted to this. Check this out. It must have been like a blind feature as well because it – I'm not kidding you. I was watching a documentary. The closed captions were there, but then it like narrated what – it was like – picture of husband and wife coming oh. to the front in a black screen oh. and it was like it narrated like the graphics that were coming up on the on the tv and we didn't realize that it wasn't part of like the documentary <laughs> we thought that's how the documentary was filmed until it kind of got a little like 
obvious. Yeah. Obvious. Then we looked, and then it had a whole whole nother feature that it had defaulted to. I'm just surprised wow. by how much this is. Now, now I'm, you know, I mentioned I'm going to Vegas this weekend. So my friend Rick, who has been on the show before, uh, Rick Niner, who grew up here, he's essentially my age. He's a little older. He's maybe a half year older. He uses the damn things. And when I go out there, I'm like, I'm the worst guest ever. That will come as no <laughs> surprise to Sue and Fred and huh. probably anyone listening huh. right go now. But show, whereas yeah. most people would be like, if, if you're a host, you probably, well, he's accommodating me, in other words. Now, if I have someone, let's say this is reversed. I go to Vegas. He's got the closed captioning on. I'm like, turn the stupid closed captioning And he does it, right? You come to my house and you ask for the closed I'm not going to put it on right. for you. I guess I'm saying that I would not return the favor. Of course. Just to be clear. Host. You no, I'm not. No. Yeah. No, I'm not. It's fair. But I, I will, the only other time that I've, that I've used them, and I, I can understand this. You mentioned you don't have children or no. whatever. But if, if the house is quiet and you got a show that's loud, I can see putting it on because you're trying to keep quiet as well. But it's weird to me that that's taken over as the predominant yeah. deal. Sue, did you weigh in on this? Do you uh, use them? No, I do not use them, but I, I'm too dumb. It, you know, <laughs> when I rewind it to try to understand what they say, it never occurred to me to just turn it on. <laughs> that's how not. That's how I don't well, use it. But you it. know that. You know what that experience is like, and you can't. Sometimes no, there's just I, lines I just that don't get up, delivered. Yeah, yep. I, especially the English thing. I agree with Fred. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. A few other stories I wanted to get to and just get reaction to this afternoon. This was something that was in the Wall Street Journal, and I, as someone who, Alex, have you shot guns before you don't hunt but have you maybe, shot, have you ever shot you, a rifle maybe twice in my life i've shot a gun you ever shot a rifle at uh, a long distance not at all nah okay uh nah. fred anybody ever shot a gun so nope. when i back in uh, 2002 i went to uh, colorado to hunt elk and i went with a bunch of law enforcement people the sheriff lev baldwin was his name is the sheriff of milwaukee county he invited me to go i'm like yeah let, let's do it well because in in many situations with some hunting, you may have longer, like if I'm at a deer stand in Missouri, it's not going to be a real long shot, right? But out there, they were training me to maybe shoot 300 yards. And I was training with some snipers that were with the, uh, the SWAT unit of the, of the county sheriff's department. I bring it up because when you're, when you're shooting at long distances, when it gets to, and I don't know what the exact yardage would be, you have to aim a little higher because the bullet is going to travel in a way that it drops. Now, I'm talking 300 yards there. Listen to this story. That's just your yes, setup That's like the three story. football fields. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. gosh. Good. Thanks wow. for that, yeah. Fred. That but helped yeah. me. That's a fair distance, that's, right? Yeah. Right. But, and I've never successfully, I don't think, shot anything <laughs> except for those targets when I was doing <laughs> that. But that was a little different. You got the sandbags holding the gun in place. Okay. That's your setup. Kiev. The Ukrainian sniper had lain still for hours in near freezing temperatures when the command came to take the shot at the Russian soldier almost two and a half miles away. His spotter said, You can. And then the guy, I can't pronounce his name, pulled this trigger. The bullet, here's something for you. How long would that take? Two and a half miles. These bullets oh are, gosh. how long would it take? Nine seconds. That's it, it says what? the bullet, well, I think I, that's a wow. long time. The bullet took nine seconds to reach its target, who doubled up and fell, according to video that was shot and reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. A lot of people think that this was made up, but they looked at the video. This is a new, according to the Wall Street Journal, a new sniping distance record, breaking the previous mark by more than 850 feet. So wow. think about that. How strong must the scope be on that Good rifle? Good really, really, really hit it. Yeah. He said they were, he was packing his rifle by the time the bullet reached its destination. So he's already putting the damn gun away by the time that he's got a hit. The shot was filmed 
And on reviewing the footage later, they concluded that it had been deadly. Uh, the shooter said, I was thinking the Russians would now know that this is what Ukrainians are capable of. But that's amazing. I had no idea you could shoot. And they, um, it says here, for conventional sniping, there are so many variables that are hard to quantify. Not only nine seconds, by the way. Let me go back to this because he had to shoot really, really high. That's crazy. As well. That's from here to Ikea. Did you just oh do that? Gosh. Yeah, that's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. That is nuts. Where is the detail here? I wanted to tell you how much because he really had to aim high in nine seconds. Anyway, I just thought that that was, was fascinating, right? Wow. With, that you can hit someone that far away. And by the way, Sue and Abby, I will tell you this. Back when I was doing that 20 years ago with the SWAT team, and these guys were – it's unbelievable what they could do at 300 yards just hitting that marker. You know who were the, the best shooters? Women? A woman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was More focused. And it, uh-huh. boy, did it piss off the guys because she, <laughs> she was out shooting everyone. Here's something else that I think is relatable to um, kind of tie in the, the differences between the sexes here. There was an interesting poll today that indicates, I'll just ask the question to Alex. Alex, let's say that you're in an airplane and you're in an airplane a lot. Sure. Something happens in the cabin and the pilot passes out. You have to land the plane, right? <laughs> Would you be able to land the plane? I love this question. Yeah. I get it often. You, what, you get that what? question often? I do. For whatever reason, this comes up. Like, if you're put in this situation, do you think you'd okay, so what's step really? up and land yeah. the plane? No one has ever asked me <laughs> me that. Me neither, Sue. <laughs> you know, what is happening? I, I've also I, never thought about the Roman Empire. Look, like yeah, okay, I agree. No, I haven't done that. Um, you know, I would say in this instance, it's, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm somebody that's, you know, got the capabilities to put the weight of a whole airplane full of people on my on my shoulders. I don't think I could do it. Fred, could you do it? I don't think I could. I have trouble remembering my own password. Right. <laughs> Abby? I, I could not. Sue? Sure, certainly not. I think I, I I would certainly try, but only if if somebody was giving me direction. If we're out in the middle of nowhere and somebody's just well, guessing. Well, I guess I'd have to step up and give it a try at least, too, if you guys are all on the plane and you're not... <laughs> Can you hit autopilot? I'm a do leader, it? but not when it comes to like, you know, saving. I could absolutely 100% land a plane if the pilot. I've seen so many movies and TV shows of people landing <laughs> a plane. It's the same. It's just like, yeah, I have it's, no it's doubt. Exactly I take that, that little throttle and I, you know, I kind yeah. of even off the plane. Mm-hmm. I make sure that the wheels are down and I just glide right onto hands? the runway. Do you have steady hands, Mark? No, I do not, but it won't matter. I can still <laughs> land the plane. But I bring it up because there's been a poll about this. Um, I guess there was a YouGov survey asking people if they can find a plane, and the results will not be completely surprising here. Uh, men between the ages of 18 and 44, 42% have confidence that they could do it. It's 46% of male respondents think they could pull it off, 20% of women. Uh, but then they kind of go into, <laughs> could the average man land a plane? To land successfully, a pilot must keep an appropriate speed while simultaneously managing gear and flap configuration. That sounds dirty. Adhering to our air traffic regulations, communicating with air traffic control, Sue, to your point, completing a number of paper and digital checklists. Once the aircraft comes to the runway, they must accurately judge its height. Again, seeing it on TV. Reduce the power, adjust the route of descent. So in other words, it's not going to be easy. You're probably going to crash. Legally land a plan. But yeah. it would Could be we interesting. Get it on the ground, we just got to get it like semi-safe, you know, because like what the movie Airplane, the, the right? You know, spoiler alert, right? <laughs> the movie is how, how old when it hits, like it, it gets on the ground. He gets it down. The wheels are the only thing that really takes right. a hit. Let me explain something to you, Alex. That was a movie. 
And While it you're was over here talking about, you could probably comedy. do it from That's watching. Yeah, no, I, I yep. think my point was no, none of us could do it. We think we could do it. We're going to crash. It's going to be a big ball of flames. Hang in there. We're coming <laughs> back in a moment. Senator Eric Schmidt's coming up. And also at the bottom of the hour, 530 or so, Sarah Parshall Perry. She's a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. And she was with Riley Gaines in that testimony on Capitol Hill about transgender women and sports. Plus, I have an audio cut of the day. You know who's going to make the uh, cut for audio cut of the day is Trump. He was pretty good on Hannity last <laughs> night. Really, actually very entertaining. All right, Alex Rich is here from Y98. I have a, another question for the group on travel. I think this is interesting, too, and I've not really witnessed this, but I'm not an overhead bin type of person. So I'm flying to Las Vegas on Friday morning. I always check just because even if I have a small bag, I hate trying to fight for overhead bin space. Mm. And on Southwest in particular, if you don't get the the good boarding position, A's well then right. And then you gotta struggle and, and you, you can see it when you're in your seat. I see people going past me and they're trying to find space. But there was a story today that said that now this is maybe not Southwest, that what some airlines are doing is they're telling you, even if you're trying to bring a bag on board, they'll say, no, you have to gate check that. They want the bags checked because the overhead bins are full, but then people are going onto the planes themselves and they're noticing there's plenty of space. Oh, yeah. Now, have you yeah. experienced oh, that? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you're talking about this now because I did, I'm the opposite of you, Mark. I liked, if I could carry it on. That's right. What's faster? I get Most that. Most men yeah. are that way. I, you're the only man I've heard say the uh, opposite. No doubt. What do you have to check? I mean, well, how long what are, you are you going do? somewhere? Yes. Two weeks? Uh, I'm going yeah, two for two weeks. Check okay. something. Right. Hair product. Hey, hang on. If you're going hang to on. Vegas, oh, Fred, shots fired. <laughs> you're going to Vegas. You're going to check a bag That's for the weekend. Crazy. Well, actually, this? I'm going to check two bags because I'm oh, bringing. Oh, well, this ha- is hang, hang on. <laughs> you judgmental people. Is there I'm like bringing a, is Alex. There a thumbs down buzzer. What do we? Wait. Yeah, I don't have the. Uh, I'm bringing golf clubs. Okay, but. The, now, I'm not going to say Lambert is efficient because this is where I get screwed when I come back. But when I go to Vegas, and usually most major cities have the capability of putting baggage on a carousel in a very timely fashion. We don't do that in St. Louis. Look, I'm just telling you, yeah, it's probably counterintuitive. I understand having the carry-on. I have a backpack with me. When I'm, but I don't like fighting so for the overhead I space. I just don't. to carry on. I tried to carry on on American. You know how I feel about American. They, <laughs> it's every time. <laughs> and I got to the gate, and they checked it at the gate. And then when I got on the plane, there was a ton of open overhead right. space. And the whole time, I'm just thinking, this is ridiculous. Well, here's why. Do you know why? I don't. Okay, because of delays. So they they manufactured these excuses because this is what they say. Carriers typically allow 30 minutes to an hour for boarding, depending on the aircraft, airport, and destination. To stay on schedule, the gate agents will try to anticipate and preemptively eliminate any speed bumps. And some of those speed bumps may be, okay, if we have to, if we're behind, and now we get this flight off of the tarmac, if fewer people have carry-ons, they're going to get in their seats faster, you're going to be able to take off. So that's why they do it. Uh, I think it's a little dishonest to say, hey, the overhead bins are full, and then you get on there and there's all kinds of overhead bin space. But apparently this is something that's happening uh, more often. And, you know, the reason that people, let's face it, Southwest, okay, let me be honest. If I'm on American, I'm probably not checking the bag because right. i got to pay for it. Uh-huh. So one of the reasons that this happens so often is because people don't want to pay on the other airlines. I just thought it was interesting because I guess I am the outlier but there. But also, with, like, I feel like with a, especially American, while we're at it, especially American, if you're on there and and you're you say there's a delay. Like I've had a delay where I've had to, like I've been like, all right, forget it. I'm getting off that flight and I'm not getting back on that flight. 
you have your bag with you there. Like people, yes. people bring carry on for a reason. Sometimes, like if the weather's bad, you're gonna there's gonna be a much safer bet for you if you've got a carry on. True, because when they unload that plane or something's wrong, like I've been in a situation where I've had to wait four hours to get the bag. Whoa. Just you know what I mean. There was one one case a buddy of mine just left it and. Because we weren't going to wait four hours for a bag, and they couldn't four release hours. it or whatever. Hmm. So that, like, from that moment on, it's carry on for me. Like, I, I understand I it's more that. efficient. I do. I'm not. I'm not going to criticize anyone for doing that because it does make more sense. I just, I, I don't like. But messing you don't with do it. it. I just don't like messing with it. You no, know, what I, I don't check. Like... I, but I fly Southwest ninety percent of the time. It's not putting the bag in. It's getting it out because I always feel like I'm under pressure by everyone behind me to get it down quick enough. Because well, everyone has here, to wait for you to get it out. I understand that. But here's the thing. Standing around waiting for your luggage. Right. I mean, it just sucks up time. I, I don't disagree, but I'm. it's not that you know what else big of a me deal when, when somebody, I go into Vegas in when particular. When somebody puts a small backpack up there that can easily fit under the seat. Yes. Ooh, I, mm-hmm. It's a big pet It's not acceptable. Mind. I'm with you yep. on that. All right, Alex, have a great week. Hey, you too. We'll talk next Wednesday afternoon. Hang in there. Center Schmitz coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 